0: All mm-hmm. right.
1: episode 6 of the Adventures in Career Development podcast. Really great that you can join me. And this time I'm going to focus in on a very specific thing, but one that I think will be of interest to people, which is thinking about asynchronous um, email guidance. So asynchronous meaning not at the same time. And I'm going to be talking to Corinne Grant from the University of Loughborough and thinking a bit about how we might go about giving guidance by email or other asynchronous technologies in a way that can be effective, but also, really critically, a way that can be kind of uh, time-efficient as well, because I think that's one of the dangers that people often talk about when they start to think about giving guidance online, is that it can really suck your time out. So I'm going to head straight into the the interview with with Corin, and I hope you enjoy this. Okay, so uh, this week we're going to be talking about how we give guidance online and particularly talking about asynchronous um, text-based guidance which is probably one of the most challenging ones uh, ways to give guidance uh, when you're just giving stuff through text so this week i'm joined by Corinne Grant of uh, Loughborough University's Careers Service so hi Corinne hello um, and you've done quite a bit of uh, asynchronous guidance so um do you want to just tell us a little bit about the kind of context in which you've been doing that
0: uh, most typically it just happens over email so students will request information or or guidance specifically or just present problems by email and I need to think about um, the best way that I deal with that that's pretty typical
1: so I think that's one thing that's important is that when we're talking about asynchronous guidance we're going to be talking about uh, mainly probably about email but obviously it could be done in quite a wide range of ways. So we, I've seen some services that use things like Facebook Messenger. Um, it could be things that you're doing across LinkedIn through the, the Messenger uh, sort of features in that. It could be all sorts of different technology. But the important thing is that what we're talking about here primarily is when you're working in a text-based way with, with an individual client.
0: Yeah, and I think we have there are lots of ways in which Students might access our services: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, our sort of forum, which is linked to LinkedIn, called Alber Connect. Um, uh, but I think in a lot of those cases, we would we'd be giving them information, but it probably wouldn't be very detailed or person specific because you'd probably want to move that into a forum that felt a little bit more individual. And then you also might be pushing them towards services or events that you're doing that you think would be useful to them.
1: So if they'd come in in a kind of group-based context, you would would probably be trying to take that sort of uh, out of the group-based environment so that you could talk to them one-on-one and give them some more specific...
0: It really depends because if you do that for everybody, then the, the purpose of the group is probably to try and get the students to be learning from each other. So that wouldn't ideally be what you were trying to do, but if their question is clearly something that involves you know revealing some personal information and you feel like it probably warrants an individual conversation, then yeah, you probably would take it. You might say come to an appointment, but if that's not possible, then you might use one of the other forums like email, for example, to give them some more information.
1: Okay, so let's say someone does send you an email and they're working in that kind of uh, mode um, and you receive an email where they're asking for some kind of careers help. What, what process would you go through in terms of thinking about whether you're going to deal with it in that mode or whether you're going to try and get them to come in or give them a phone call or whatever really?
0: So I guess a few different things are happening when that happens, so I mean, I have to think about what else is happening that day, I'll have students who've booked in for appointments and uh, I'm not saying they're the priority, but I need to make sure that I have time to deal with and prepare for those, so if an email is coming that morning, I need to think, well do I have time to respond to it, and if I do, to what level can I respond? Can I give all the information, can I point towards some resources or links, or um, is the the problem or the question that the student has presented me with something that means I need to point them to one of our events, activities, or an appointment. Yeah. So. Um, I think it depends. I think, I think we. I yeah. need to think about you know managing their expectations and figuring out what I'm able to do.
1: I think that's a really important point that that email, an email contact or a contact through some kind of messenger service shouldn't be a queue cue jumper. Shouldn't immediately. Pe- People shouldn't expect that they immediately get a response and also you can go back to people and say thanks for the query but I, I and I've got a slot which I'll book you into in on Wednesday and I'll, I'll look yeah. at it then so I think it's it's important that you don't feel that just because it's an immediate contact that you have to respond to them immediately yeah,
0: yeah and I think in terms of um, my I I need to account for my time, not every single minute. I mean, there must be thousands of emails I've sent that I've not accounted for. Mm. But if I'm considering somebody's request, uh, perhaps I'm looking at an application or a letter or a CV, that is a chunk of my time I need to be able to account and report that I've done it. So, yeah, putting some time in my diary to do it properly is one of the ways in which I might do that.
1: I think perhaps one of the things we're thinking about when we get some kind of query is is this really a guidance query or is it just something where someone's saying oh uh, you know perhaps i saw you talking the other day uh, i don't know where that resource was and you can just drop a link in an email send it back and that's that dealt with yes. which i think is more routine sort of query absolutely uh, or or actually is this something we you're doing which is is guidance and is more equivalent to what you might do if you were seeing them face to face and i think Thinking through what you're doing, and, and obviously it's, there's some quite a lot of grey area there, but thinking that through seems to be quite, quite important.
0: Yeah, and the other thing is, um, and I think anybody out there who has done um, careers work or, or guidance work of any kind will probably recognise this, is people come to you with what they think is one problem, and often when you just find out a bit more about it, you find out it's actually not that problem, it's a couple of other problems. Um, which is not to say they don't know what they're doing. It's just because they haven't really examined the problem. When you know a bit more about it, yeah. you can then say, "Oh, actually, we need to look at this and this." So, so often the question they've asked you is the beginning of a longer conversation, which then turns out to be about something a bit different or a bit more. Or, so yeah, you do need to think, um, you know, how is this, how is this piece of information going to be delivered, and what's the best way to do it, and is it better to have a telephone call? That would be my preference in most cases if somebody can't come in.
1: So. What, um, under what circumstances would you think that someone's problem was best dealt with as a, a, um, an email or as, a, as an asynchronous communication?
0: I suppose sometimes it's when somebody hasn't really given you very much information. And if you're going to get all the information, you're going to have to write quite a long email yeah. to ask all the right questions. And then they may not, might not get back to you for another couple of days and it, it might delay them getting an answer. And you think actually if I had a ten minute conversation, we could get all of this information and then I could maybe even book myself in to respond to them by email tomorrow for 15 minutes and yeah. you know, within twenty four hours they've actually had everything rather than delaying all of that because you haven't got the right information.
1: But on the other hand, you will get clients who are not in a position to talk to you. So they might mean mm-hmm. you know potentially could be in a different time zone. They could be working nights. So there might be reasons why somebody would want to talk asynchronously. Yeah. Um, do you think there are any other advantages that, that the kind of asynchronous um, uh, mode gives you beyond?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a few things. One is, like, it won't be the first time you've answered that question, probably. So you'll have, I'm not saying necessarily templates, but you might have um, similar responses for that question before. So in some, sometimes it can be a shortcut, Like, I know what you're asking, I've got these links and these resources to send you and I'm going to forward it the way I have done for other students. Um, It can also be a really thorough way of giving an answer. So sometimes I might, perhaps I'll see a student for 10 minutes and I'll suggest a lot of links, but I I won't necessarily give them all the links, but maybe in an email they get, you know, four or five resources sent to them that are appropriate that they can access over a longer period of time. So it could be better from that point of view. Yeah, so, um, and I guess there's the whole um, writing things down meaning, means that you have to consider quite carefully what you're saying. Often, not always, but I think if you ask a student for particular information and, the way, and you are writing your response, and often when we're writing we're thinking very carefully, I suppose, well, is what I'm saying. So you might get a fuller response.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it's also the, the idea that it gives the student a bit of time yeah, of course. Yeah. as well, yeah. which can be can be useful as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think that thing of having a kind of fairly complete record because often you might feel you've covered a lot of ground when you're face-to-face with somebody, but the student hasn't taken good notes or they have taken good notes and then they've lost them as soon as they've gone out of the yeah. session. Yeah. And having that written down, I think, can be useful. I, Let's I, say, I suppose
0: the other thing, I'm sorry, I just thought of another thing, which is just that... Um, you can ask of them to like do put some work in yeah. before they come back again. So you could say, for example, um, if you come back to me with um, you know an example of your response to this question um, on the application, then I can do this, which yeah. means that um, in a in a that they have to put a bit of work in in order for the um, guidance to progress, and then that can be really helpful because you don't always get that then and there in a in a, a meeting.
1: So. You- Let's just kind of think about what what would be called contracting, I suppose, if you were doing it face-to-face, is how do you agree with with your client or your student what you are going to do in this format if somebody sends you an email? How do you agree with them what you are going to do as opposed to what you aren't going to do?
0: I I don't think I'm incredibly good at this over email, (laughs) to be honest. So I don't always give a lot of thought to that before... Uh, I start responding. I have started um, requesting that students give me deadlines. So, for example, if, um, if a student has an application and they know that that application has to be in by the end of the week, it, they need to say that upfront in the email yeah. and then I can respond to them and say, I can deal with this or I can't. Because what I find is, um, like almost everybody, I have a lot of emails in my, my inbox and not everything gets dealt with in a timely manner, and then they get dis- disappointed. So I've started doing that more, um, which means that I'm more likely to, to at least be able to say, yes, I'm going to deal with this, or no, I'm not, and you you should yeah. like use this resource instead. Um, I have a colleague, though, who um, has has set up templates of sorts over emails. So she sort of um, has subject headings for email, emails, which mean the students are starting to get used to thinking of the emails as being like an advice appointment. So this one's about CVs, this one's about reflection, this one's about volunteering. Um, And that means that as they receive the messages, they view them as being quite structured um, Mm. pieces of, of work rather than just another email. So I think that's an interesting thing is thinking about, well, if I'm going to structure these appointments, then I'm going to type them and I'm going to know what types I'm going to get, and I'm going to give those subject headings, and there'll be like a typical sign off for yeah. those as well, which will explain what I'm going to be able to do in that appointment.
1: I mean, that can be one way of doing it, kind yeah. of, is to say that actually, well, I mean, I think having some information that says this is the kind of thing that we, we think works well. In, a, in an asynchronous and email kind of consultation mm. um, and this is how we'd like you to go about it and even perhaps giving them a form to fill in of here are the kinds of you know it'd be useful if you give me this information yeah. before we start obviously you don't always get that because sometimes people will just come to you and yeah. you start to deal with it but being able to direct students back to some some guidance about what what is actually going to be covered in this kind of session yeah. and what things that that you might not be able to do in a session, I think can be can be useful. So I, I think that thing, that, that perhaps when you respond as well, being able to put in something where you say you make it clear that this is an email guidance session mm-hmm. rather than this is yeah as you say just an email that you happen to have sent to somebody. Yeah, and that that by doing that that they book something fairly formal. Um, I think that can be quite quite useful. I mean, I, I've actually started when I'm dealing with. People who ask me queries, I've started kind of setting up a basically a a Word document with a header and and a standard set of format. Yeah. So that rather than just getting an email back from me, people get something that looks kind of official and gives them the sense that they have received, uh, you know, some kind of formal interaction with me, Mm. Uh, which I found that, that to be quite helpful. I mean, one of the things that I think there's a risk of with with email guidance is that you you enter into an endless dialogue with people and it, and it, and it sucks up a lot of your time. Mm. And I think that formalizing it can can help with that because people know they had one session and yeah. if they want more they have to come back with more.
0: Yes, yeah, I think that probably would be helpful. I'm I suppose I'm fortunate in that um, not maybe not all but for the most part my students are on campus. Uh, when they graduate, less so. So I have had a lot of students that I've dealt with via email um, because they've graduated already. Um, But I do find that the students who are on campus, I think they recognize that they get more value from um, a face-to-face interaction. Or they mm. they feel that perhaps they I don't know if they recognise that <laughs> so I don't find that they want to continue going by email they tend to want to book an appointment if they can yeah. so I guess but we're, if we're talking about the people who can't um, because they're not physically here and there may be in a different time zone as you say so a telephone appointment doesn't work then yeah it needs to be email really or some similar yeah. format
1: yeah is there anything that you think works particularly well any kind of um, guidance or interaction that Mm. works particularly well doing it in this asynchronous mode.
0: I quite like doing um, CVs and uh, covering letters, uh, to be honest. I I do like doing them face-to-face and I do that an awful lot, but I don't mind um, if somebody sends me a CV or a covering letter and I open it and I edit it using comments or um, track changes to just give them my thoughts. on on what they've done. I think that does work reasonably well um, partly because I often will see students more than once Mm. and I then have a record of what I've told them and I can remind myself of of what's happening with their their CV Um, and I think it probably works well for them because they have a you know a more permanent record of what I've I've said about it so that works really well and that's that happens regularly with my students who are on campus because they if they came to see me they'd get a similar sort of thing Mm. but face-to-face.
1: I mean, I think that um, the, the use of track changes and actually editing directly onto their document can be can be quite a useful thing to yeah. do because it gives them something really tangible and and it, it takes out any ambiguity which you might have when you're actually, if you're to just talking. Um, but having said that, I also saw a really interesting scheme that was at the University of London Career Service where they were providing um, audio feedback. So they oh, were yeah. basically recording on... So somebody would send them a document, which might be something like an application or a, Mm -hmm. um, you know, personal statement or something like that, and they were then recording feedback to that. And and, you know, in that case, it was in many ways it had many of the advantages of doing it face to face, but also the student could go back and listen to it again and make sure they actually heard it.
0: Yes. Yes. I'm just I I'm and I'm sure they probably work with a lot of international students as well. I certainly do work with quite a lot of international students, and and I in the for the most part that would be useful because they could listen to it again. But if, if they don't understand what I'm saying, then they they might struggle yeah. for that. I just want to make it clear that when I use track changes, I'm not actually editing their CV. Right. <laughs> so I might, for example, I might um, go in and say. Um, you, perhaps try using this word yeah. or you know this sentence is re- rewritten or there are three ideas within this bullet point can you but i just want to make it clear i don't go and change everybody's cv so then they just have to accept all changes and they no. can send it to
1: it oh, well, <laughs> oh. say, so why not would, would you presumably you might oh, point, doing, yeah. point out a spelling mistake absolutely or something like that but, yeah. but why, why are you kind of nervous about saying that?
0: Well, because it's, it's them. A CV is a representation of them. So I can't decide, oh, you said that you managed the people, don't you mean you coordinated the work? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it has to be about me reading it and giving an interpretation of how well I think they're represented in it, and whether whether I can navigate it effectively, whether it looks clean, whether I think it's appropriate for the job they're applying for, is it well tailored? Does it seem to make sense? So all of those things are more likely to be comments around um, this section uh, might want to be moved or you've not done this in the right order or these dates don't make sense. Or yeah. So typically it's comments. But abs- I do, if I see a spelling mistake, then I will highlight it and, and change things like that so they can see that they've, they've made a mistake. Yeah.
1: And do you think that's more of a risk when you're working on your own and you, you haven't got them in front of you that you do just kind of fix things without necessarily asking them what what it is that that they meant by that
0: not really no um i think i behave fairly similarly when they're when they bring it to me i um i often will sort of direct them to use the pen mm. and i'll say, what about this section here? Yeah. But sometimes I'll pick up the pen and say and circle words yeah. and say, I think this word is different or, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of misuse of uppercase and lowercase letters across all of us. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that kind of thing comes up a lot and, and can be a bit irritating on CDs. So,
1: so do, do you feel that actually you're using a lot of the same guidance, tools and techniques when you're working with somebody over email as you would be if you're doing it face-to-face?
0: There's definitely a lot missing Um, just because when someone is in front of you you can you can get a much better sense of what they were hoping you were going to talk about and and like I said when somebody Mm -hmm. comes in and says can you check over my CV and then you say you ask something like who, what kind of employer might have the CV, who is the target at, and they say, oh, I haven't thought about that, or I don't know what I want to do, then the conversation is quite different. But if somebody just sends you their CV, um, you, you can ask that question, but you're probably still going to look at the CV and try and give them some feedback. So not entirely. I think it's definitely, I think it is, um, in terms of editing and looking at CVs, it is quite similar, but I think the quality of the overall appointment is probably not quite as good.
1: Mm. What about if a sensitive topic comes up? um, If, if I mean, and that could be in another kind of. We've been talking mainly about these kind of CVs and things like that. Obviously, you might also be dealing with queries, more general advice, kind of things over email. But even in a CV, it's possible that somebody reveals, you know, they've been in prison, or they've, uh, or they've had a death in the family, or or whatever. Um, if you were in face to face context you probably have a way of asking questions about that that would would uh would open some of those issues up yeah. how do you think that works if you're dealing with it via email or or online um
0: i think the question you ask is probably a little bit more um gentle and open like you know i'd be interested to hear more about what you meant in this section or you know um is this relevant to the application might be something I, yeah. I would ask. Um, but also, uh, I would probably say, do you, do you want to come in and talk about how we're going to deal, how you might deal with this in your application further? I've had a few um, email appointments or, or sessions that have been about um, dealing with employers, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, how do I tell them this or how do I, how do I tell them that? And in some ways, that can be helpful, because I can actually give them suggestions of, like, some wording, which can be helpful to them. But often I say, we need to come in, come in and we need to talk about this, so let's have a telephone conversation and talk about this. Because um, if it is sensitive, you don't really want to just say, oh, just use this sentence, and it'll all be fine. Because <laughs> you don't really know enough about it.
1: I mean, I think there is that thing where there's, it's easy to focus on the, the visuals that are lost or the, um, the kind of immediacy of a conversation but actually there's also a lot of stuff around quite subtle tone of voice and that kind of thing that Mm. that you can it's very easy to lose in email and I think if you do find yourself talking about more sensitive topics I think as you say it's good to, to flag that well actually this might be an easier thing for us to talk about over the phone or in face to face but it's also I think worth sometimes saying you know it, it can be difficult talking about some of these things via email but here you go and, yes. to f- and yeah yeah. F- yeah and to flag that there are some some problems and and you know i don't want you to take this the wrong way i don't want you to misunderstand this yeah um and and to raise that you, sometimes you have to be a bit more tentative over email yeah
0: yeah i, I think um there are some things that you've you start to write and you think, I don't feel comfortable about this being written down. Yeah. And I think then you know, I'm going to stop writing this down yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to say, let's try and have a conversation yeah. in some way. And I, you know, I'm not saying you can just know that by magic, but I think we mo- most of us know when we feel comfortable that if at any point anybody wanted to read this conversation between me and the student, I'd be perfectly happy with it. And then sometimes you think, I'm not very happy about this. There's something about it that I don't feel happy about. I need to know more and have a face-to-face interaction of some kind, or, or voice-to-voice
1: at least. Which is, I mean, it's actually quite a good test, and I think if you, it may be that you do things in a face-to-face, because because a, a face-to-face encounter is ephemeral, and you lose that, the, the, whatever you've said, the exact way you've said it disappears immediately, um, you may be more less guarded. And that's not that's not always a good thing, is it? I mean, it's, sometimes it is worth thinking carefully about what you're saying and thinking, well, actually, is this, you know, am I doing something that's perhaps sexist? Or yeah. am I doing something that, that makes assumptions about this person that I, I can't necessarily back up? Yeah. I think it's much easier to do that in the flow of conversation than, than it is when you start writing it down, because hopefully you have a bit of a check.
0: That's true. I hadn't thought about that as being potentially, um, you know, a plus about having to write things down by email that maybe I'm, I'm less, well hopefully I'm not doing that very often, but we're all um, subject to it sometimes aren't we? But maybe I'm I'm better because of that, because I have to think carefully about what I write.
1: I think um, we're kind of running out of time a bit now, but it's, one of the things you did mention was templates, and I think that's a really interesting idea, is is creating a tem a template which is okay well you know somebody if somebody asks you the I don't know what I want to do with my life question then you've got some starting points mm. as, a, as an answer that you can give them back the same if you uh, if you get a CV question or whatever but I think it's really important that you don't uh, just give everybody the same thing it should still that's a starting point but it's not shouldn't be the finishing point and you should make sure you tailor it to their query and the same with with the provision of resources. Like I have quite a lot of resources that I often share with people, but they're not. But I try not to just share the same resources, regardless of what people ask me. Yeah,
0: I do. I have a couple of different signatures, um, which I name different things. So one right. of them is referral for appointment. Right. So if I because I often reply and say, "Oh, come and see me," so that one. All it has in it is all the technical details about how you make an appointment, call, email, yeah. book online. And then I can tailor the email itself to the individual. I often forward emails that I've used for previous students because it has the same information, and mm-hmm. then I tailor that, but that's not to be recommended no. <laughs> because I haven't, I haven't made the mistake uh, yet, I don't think. Um, but you can so easily forget to change the name or yeah. something and then it's yeah. just really embarrassing, isn't it? So, no, I think, yeah.
1: I think if you're doing it, then setting up some yeah. standard templates and pulling them out of the templates rather than thinking, oh, well, I had a similar question from a, a student three weeks ago. I'll go back and pull that out because, yeah. Yeah, as you say, it's really easy to make mistakes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Great. Is there anything else, any other advice that you would give to people who are starting to do email guidance or asynchronous guidance for the first time? What would you suggest?
0: Um, f- try and find an easy way to track your time a little bit and I think that is done by templates by standardising your subject headings um, if you've got a way of tracking appointments then try and figure out what is an appointment and what is something that you're, you're not going to track like I'm not going to re- track every single time I reply to a student but I- if I have a certain amount of time yeah. then I am going to because, but make it as easy as possible otherwise you just won't do it
1: Great. Thank you very much. That's been brilliant. My pleasure.
0: (laughs) Oh <laughs>